Hi, we are Patrick and Ruth Schwank, and we are so thrilled you're listening in with us here at Root Like Faith. This is a place for us to gather together weekly to learn, think, listen, discuss, and grow. And it's our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by his mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. We can't wait to share today's episode with you. So let's go. Today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are talking about community and why we all need it. I know, I know you may be thinking, yeah, I need it, but it seems impossible to get it. So we're going to be talking about that as well. It is possible for you to have community. So I'm excited today to talk about this with my co-host and husband, Pat, Patrick, don't call him honey, that would be a little (laughs) weird. (laughs) In our last episode, we talked about spiritual growth and the real battle we are in when it comes to our growth. And I I loved the reminder that our faith isn't a passive faith, but our growth is active. Um, And growth comes with a battle. So today, I think the area of community can actually be a place where we experience some of that battle that we talked about last week. I don't think anybody would say that they don't struggle or at some point didn't struggle in this area of friendship and community, but it's so important. We all need community. So let's get started talking about community here. Why why is it so important? Why does it even matter? I mean, biblically speaking, let's step back and look at community. Honey, why... Why does community, biblically speaking, even matter? Yeah, you know, I just was thinking as you were you were doing the intro there, just how um, impactful different relationships have been in our lives. I mean, you mm. remember um, early on, I, I don't even know if we were married yet, but, um, you know, our good friends, Michael and Barb Spencer, you know, who are, you know, 10, 11-ish years older than we are. And I think um, that relationship was so formative for us. I remember, yeah. you know, just beginning to date, I think, or maybe newly married, where we just go over to their house and we would have dinner with them and, you know, we'd sit with their family and we never sat down and necessarily went through a study together, but, but that relationship that we had, that community that God gave us in those early years mm-hmm. of our marriage and fa- even before our family, um, is something that was so important for us. And I can think about other people, you know, along the way, uh, that were impactful for us and God placed different guys in my life as I was in college. And so relationships are so important. We long for them, but really, you know, we see the the need for community in Genesis two eighteen, right, where where God says it's not good for a man to be alone. But that's not even really the beginning mm. of community. That actually starts with the very nature of God. Mm. Um, that, that the Bible describes God as Father, Son, and Spirit. Now, throughout church history, you know, the church has really defined the the, the essence of God, the nature of God is triune. You know, sort of a fancy word, <laughs> and really what that means is that, that God is three in one. He's one in essence, but he's three in persons. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. God is this eternal relationship. He, he's um, a relationship of love. He's a relationship of intimacy. A relationship of humility. And so the Father, Son, and the Spirit have existed as three persons, one God for all of eternity. And so that's where our longing for community starts. We were made in the image of God. So the reason we long for community and need community is because it's really anchored in who God is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like you were saying earlier with Michael and Barb, I can just, there's things today 
that we still, you know, 20 years later, we still do because we learned it from them or Absolutely. we, or they modeled it. Um, Passed we, on books to us. I remember right, early on. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I love that picture of the Trinity and the example that is to us of community and why, like you said, we long for it because it's built into us. Right. I mean, it's, it's what we were made for. So how does that, how does understanding the Trinity then help us? And I know this could be somewhat complicated, but try to break it down um, as simply as possible, possible, but how does that help us in our pursuit of community? Yeah. Well, you know, I think one easy way of understanding that is just to think about our belief and our behavior. They're, they're, two sides to the same coin. Mm. So what we believe impacts how we behave. And what we believe mm. about God is triune impacts how we relate in, in the community. And so, you know, think about for a moment, you know, the nature of God, the essence of God, and then how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit relate to one another. I mean, the Father sends the Son, right, to mm. accomplish salvation mm-hmm. for us. And Jesus, in humility, says, not my will be done, but your will be done. That there's this, this submission to the Father's will, and the Holy Spirit is said to point you know, humbly to the work of Jesus um, and reminds us of, of the love that God has for us. And so you see in this eternal relationship, this ongoing love for one another, intimacy with one another, unity for one another. And so I think that that belief in who God is and how he relates uh, within the Godhead really then impacts how we ought to relate yeah. to one another. It's foundational. it's foundational. I mean, if we yep. can have the right picture from the very beginning, it's kind of like a puzzle, you know, yep. when we're putting a puzzle together and, and we've used that illustration for other things in our life. But um, I think about a puzzle and when you see the cover of the puzzle, you have that foundation, that vision for ex- for what it, the picture of what it's supposed to be. And it makes it a lot easier um, in your pursuit of putting that puzzle together. And I think the same applies here um, to community. Not that it's going to be easy. Well, because right. I would think you would probably admit, honey, that putting a puzzle... I love putting puzzles <laughs> together, but... <laughs> I think they're from the enemy. I think I think the, he, the, the devil himself invented puzzles. I, last year, we were on like this whole mission to put... We did all these puzzles last yeah. year. And I am not kidding you guys. We framed them and everything. It was quite a, <laughs> quite a project. Okay, but I'm not kidding you. When I say that Pat would sit down at the dining room table where all the pieces were out <laughs> and he would stare at them. I, I don't know what paralyzed. it is. Paralyzed. paralyzed. I don't know what it is within somebody that makes it something, something like that impossible. You like, know what it is for me? Like when I'm doing a puzzle, I get paralyzed by all the pieces. It, it's overwhelming. But I'm also thinking I could be reading a book right now. <laughs> No, you literally couldn't I could be doing put, something else. You literally couldn't put a piece together. I, I think maybe... Well, that's not fair. Like, I think the puzzles we did were like thousand pieces, and I, I contributed maybe three or four. So I, okay, I know. Every <laughs> member of the body. Anyways, says, it was it was the God. funniest thing. Okay, going anyway, on. Back so, to anyways. The point. Yeah, speaking of puzzles, that's our, you know, that's our, so if we have that right picture, it just, it really is helpful in our pursuit of community. But again, not that it makes it easy, just like the struggle we have putting a puzzle together. It's not that it it made it easy, but it gives us somewhere to start. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good transition into talking about then the hardships when we are seeking community. Um, What, Let's talk about some of the problems that we face um, in relation to community. I mean, I can think of one um, right off the bat. You know, we have being in ministry for 
uh, almost 20 years, we have seen so many people isolate themselves, um, step back uh, from community uh for one reason or another, um, whether they were upset with something or they just were struggling personally, uh, and they so they withdrew, and we see the that problem of isolation that happens um, when we withdraw. Yeah, you know, I, I know this is a verse we've talked about, you know, over the years is Proverbs eighteen one, you know, where the writer says, you know, he who isolates himself, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeks his own desire, and, and he breaks himself off from sound judgment. You know, the mm-hmm. scriptures say, and so you know, I think that there are those that that are isolated because they just feel like they can't find community, and, and that's heartbreaking. I mean, we live in a culture that's probably more disconnected yeah. than it's ever been, and and you know, we're more connected on some levels. We you know we have Facebook and Instagram and other forms. But we also are are very disconnected, and we're at, we're living in the midst of a pandemic. You know, a, a sort of a once in a lifetime experience mm-hmm. where people are uh, isolated because of of circumstances outside of our control. Right. So there's people that I think feel isolated, and it's heartbreaking. You know, for a variety of reasons. But but then there's those that that isolate themselves, and the scriptures say that's just a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you see that one of the problems with community or approaching community is when we isolate ourselves. I think another problem we see with community, um, and I think we've probably all been guilty. I know I, I raised my hand to say I've been guilty of this, but it's having an idealistic view of community or friendship. Right. I think, you know, sometimes we we bring into uh, a relationship all of our past, you know, the good and the bad. And oftentimes we can have this, this really rosy picture of like, man, we're going to be best friends, like from day one, and we're going to exchange bracelets <laughs> or, you know, varsity jackets or, you know, or we what, see like whatever the, it is. We see the pictures online of people hanging out and you think, oh, it just looks so amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I think one of the most helpful books um, on community that I've read, and there's, there's a lot out there that I haven't read, but uh, was written by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a, a German theologian pastor during World War II. And he, he opposed uh, Hitler and the Nazis and eventually was, was killed. And so he, he talks about this idea of an idealistic view and how mm. actually those that are idealistic um, end up destroying community. Mm. And so I think, you know, that's, that's another problem that we see of just having maybe too romantic of a view. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, we're, we're sinners relating to, to other sinners, right. you know, Paul Tripp talks about in his book. What, what book is that? Um, relationships, that's oh, okay. worth making. Okay. And he kind of talks, you know, we, we bring our own sin into a relationship and others bring their sin. And mm-hmm. so it's just acknowledging like we're, we're not, perfect. And so being careful of, of not having an idealistic picture. And then I think a third problem is, is unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Well, I just speaking about idealistic views still, um, and unrealistic expectations, I think those kind of go hand in hand. And we've seen another thing that I have seen over the years is, um, people, the longing for community and and I can hear somebody saying to me right now, I can hear them saying, I can't find any friends. Um, and so I think that comes from a, a place of, again, that those that idealistic view and then the unrealistic expectations. Yeah, which I think the un- unrealistic expectation um, that, that we're thinking of here is that community exists for me, mm. um, that, that my friends exist to meet all my, all my needs. And I think you know, we need to remember that, that friendship or community is a great gift but it's a terrible God. Hmm. Uh, and what I mean by that is that that people join us on the journey at different seasons of our life, and um, they're an incredible gift. They love us and support us and encourage us, but they're not meant to satisfy us in a way that only God can. And so they're a I great gift, 
but they're a terrible God. And so I think, you know, being careful of having an unrealistic expectation, our friends are never going to satisfy us in the way that only God can. And so just, I think just being careful of, of not seeing friendship uh, as the ultimate uh, good. Mm-hmm. And so um, and I think that gets to, I think, some practical things that we can do then to pursue community in the right way. Right. And it's hard. And so I, I don't want to downplay how hard it can be to find community. Um, I remember, it, it doesn't just happen. And I remember, um, I have a mentor and friend, her name is Sally Clarkson. She's amazing. Um, and one thing she told me years ago, she Sally moved about 17 times um, while her kids were little growing up and everywhere she went, she had to create community and it didn't just happen. And so one thing she told me from the very beginning of my relationship with her was just the importance of wherever you are creating community. So you have to be the one to reach out. You have to be the one to invite. It doesn't just happen. So you know, what does that look like? Let's talk about, you know, I love to break it down to the practical steps or practical things we can actually do. Um, and we all, of course, have a, some of us have a rosy picture of what community can be, <laughs> but, but I think community can, can be really awesome. I Absolutely. mean, we've experienced amazing community. And so how does that happen? Um, what are some steps we can take? Yeah. I, I remember, um, Clay and Sally telling us that I, th- I think, you know, we were together at their house, uh, one of the, one of the times that we went out and stayed with them and that's always stuck with me. I mm. think as a pastor, I've encouraged people with that so many times. And I feel like that that was such wise, those were such wise words that they yeah. gave us. And I think that is, I think that's one of the first steps, you know, sort of practical steps that that we can take is be the one to initiate relationships. Mm. And I can stink at being a friend. You know what I mean? Like I can be the one that sits back and I'm like, ah, I wish somebody would text me. I wish somebody would invite me out to lunch or why, you know, why doesn't (laughs) anybody... I know we all can do that. And we can all do that. And so I think, you know, the practical step is to take the first step. And that might look like just shooting somebody a a message on Facebook or on Instagram or texting them and saying, hey, would you want to be, you know, would you want to grab lunch this week? Let's Mm. grab coffee. Um, and I think taking that first step and initiating that. And I think the, the second thing is really um, to pursue a relationship over the long term. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. happen overnight or in, mm-hmm. in one, you know, I just see people who, who want community, they long for it. They begin to experience it, but sometimes they compare their current friendship with past friendships mm. and they compare a friendship that they've had for a month or six months to a friendship that they've had for six years or 10 years. Right. And, and that new friendship is never going to compare to the old mm-hmm. one. And so we just need to have that perspective that, that we need to build that friendship, initiate those, cultivate friendship, but be in it for the long haul. Yeah. And I also think recognizing that sometimes uh, you'll try for community with somebody and it, it might not work out and that's yeah. okay. You know, you can, there's somebody else that you can reach out to. And um, that's just something, one thing that I've always tried to keep in mind is that there's other people, if I'm feeling lonely, there's other people that feel lonely as well. Yeah. Um, And so they're waiting for the person that's going to ask them um, to hang out, to grab coffee, dinner, whatever it is. They're looking for that person as well. Yeah. You know, I would just maybe, maybe one last practical step that we've experienced in our own life over the last two years. And, and that's that, you know, don't be too prideful to let other people in. Mm. You know, we, we've been in ministry for almost 20 years, as we've said before, and we've always been the ones who have, um, you know, sort of carried others uh, on, on a stretcher when they found themselves mm. in difficult times, whether that was financial or health. 
And then, you know, when I was diagnosed with cancer in January, 2018, like suddenly I was the one on the stretcher. We were the one on the stretcher. And so it really required, I think for us, the humility to let other people help us. Mm. And that can be hard. I think, you know, that that's a huge, I think, key to building and cultivating deeper friendship is that when we're transparent, when we're honest, when we recognize to others that, hey, we don't have faith right now. We, we need right. you to have faith for us. We need you to pray for you. Can we just come over and, you know, we, we can cry in front of you. And and so I think that takes humility. It takes, you know, transparency uh, to let other people um, share in our lives, the good and the bad. And we experience that. What a blessing the church has been to us over mm. the last two years. What a gift different relationships have been um, and the different ways that people have carried us. Mm-hmm. But that took humility in our part. Right, right. Um, we had to let other people in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for all relationships. Yeah. And I, you know, that kind of just reminds me again of where we started, why it even matters. Because um, just like others need us, we need them. Yep. And we there will be things that we face in life where we're going to be grateful for, those, for that community that we built. And there's nothing... Um, I think more troubling than when you see somebody going through something really difficult and there's nobody there to come alongside them. Um, Just, yeah, what a great conversation about community. I loved just the whole foundation, the picture. Maybe we could list some of those books. I mean, there's just been several books, I think, that have impacted me personally or us. Yeah. In in the show notes, we can add those. Yeah, we will add those in the show notes. So, um, Thank you for this conversation. It was so great to talk about community, talk about the foundation, that picture, the overall picture that we get in the Trinity um, of community. And then some of those things we see, uh, the problems that we see when it comes to community, like isolation, and we need that accountability. We need one another. Um, The unrealistic expectations that we can um, place upon community and upon others. Um, And then just, you know, recognizing that community is hard and it's something that we have to work at. It isn't something that just happens. Uh, We have to be bold, step out, have the courage to create the community that we so long for. Well, friends, you can follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. Don't forget, everything we talked about is linked in our show notes at rootlikefaith.com backslash podcast. Wow, I loved our time together today. And here's the thing, if you've been following for the past few episodes, you know that we like to break it down to one key idea so that we all have a main takeaway summing up what we've talked about. So today's key idea is we were created to live interdependent lives and not independent lives. We'll also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at rootlikefaith.com backslash podcast. Hey, I'm excited for our next episode because we will be talking about listening. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, that's sometimes hard for me. And why in our distracted culture, it can be so hard to listen. We'll dive into the difference between hearing and listening and how listening affects our community and our relationships. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss it. And as if I didn't say it enough already, we are thrilled you're joining us here at Root Like Faith. We're so glad to have you as a part of our family. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by his mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing 
is more important.